Hey, everybody. Welcome. Kevin Kaufman, Fred Weaver, Aaron Lebovic with EXP Realty. And we're going to talk today to Mr. Sean Modry. Sean, I think the thing everybody wants to know is why would a large independent brokerage, 70 plus agents, decide to join EXP Realty? Were you guys broke? Were you going out of business? Did you see some opportunity that that everybody else hasn't yet seen? I mean, tell us the story, man. Oh, man. I tell you, the broke thing, going out of business has been the rumor ever since we started positioning ourselves for this transition because people knew something was going on and that was the rumor. So when you said that, it literally made my face flush. <laughs> so internally fired up right there. So, oh, no. um, so here's the challenge that I think anybody who owns an independent broker understands this challenge, right? I mean, there's really three pieces to owning a brokerage, right? How do I recruit people? How do I attract them? How do I train them? How do I get them into production? And how do I retain them? And the challenge is, is those three pieces are different for the different phases of a real estate agent's business, right? So, you know, how do I attract top producers or how do I attract new agents? That's a different demographic. How do I train new agents? For most brokerages, training new agents is extremely challenging. Um, and then how do I retain and not so much retain your new agents, but how do I retain the top producers? And this is the biggest challenge, right? Is we, as, a, as, as Steps Real Estate, we are excellent at recruiting, right? That was a gift that we, you know, that we're great at. We're great at training and we're great at putting systems in place to helping a, to help agents get their business into production. But then the challenge that we were facing more than anything is top producers, they, what do they want more than anything is, is, hey, if I'm going to be participating in your company for the next 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, what is what do I get out of this, right? So we spent a year trying to, frankly, knock off what EXP was doing. <laughs> and um, I looked at doing a reverse merger with another company that was on the penny stock because I thought the penny stock entry into the market was brilliant because... I could give somebody shares of my company. I could give somebody shares of Steps Real Estate. But let's be honest, if they decided to leave or it wasn't a fit anymore, who are they going to sell their shares to, right? I mean, they would have to sell it internally back to the company. They can't just go out on the street. So that's why when I saw what Glenn did with the penny stocks, my mind literally blew up. I was like, how did he figure that out? Like that was brilliant because even with penny stock at the time, you can still go trade penny stock out on the open market. And it was such a brilliant move to do that because now you're saying, hey, if you, if you want to sell this, this tangible asset that you earned, that you worked it for, that you invested in over time, you have the ability to sell that. And so I, I, spent, I spent about a year trying to figure out how do I build my company, get it out on penny stock. Now, there's massive challenges to doing that. There's a legal expense. There's managing that expense of doing that. And then, of course, there's the whole trap of, you know, if the company doesn't have profit or growth that's continuing to go up, is that penny stock going to go up, right? And so that's the thing with penny stock is it's all based on growth and or profitability. Um, otherwise, if it's worth a penny, nobody wants it, right? It's got to go up. It's got to go up. So I spent a year trying to figure that out. And then right at the time that I thought we had it figured out, EXP went from penny stock to the NASDAQ. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, how did he do that? How did he, because it's, 
that is a whole nother game. Like that's a game changer. You guys know me. I'm a, I'm a nerd when it comes to finances. I'm a nerd when it comes to real estate. I love the numbers. I love the details. I love the investment side of real estate. I love the investment side of business. And that blew my mind. And at that point, I was looking at the cost of doing the penny stock, looking at the, the cost of, well, now the competition that's doing this at the highest level just leaped a thousand times faster than I'm able to catch up with. And then the whole thing is, if you can't beat them, <laughs> join them, right? Well, and if it was only that easy, but you had some other considerations too, right? Oh. Like you, you had other owners to consider, investors in, into Steps Real Estate. So talk to us, what did that conversation sound like? Like, how did you approach that? And what was that angle? You said something the other day in person that I really loved. I'm hoping you'll hit on that. But like, talk to us around the, the approach that you had to take in that conversation. That was not an easy conversation. Yeah, I have, uh, I have a few investors, um, not a lot. I have two investors that are involved with the company. Um, one of them is, is a real estate agent that is active with the organization. Um, and the other one is just a passive investor. And he and I have done a lot of investing together in the past. Um, so the latter of the two, um, he and I have done a lot of investing and we've made money together and we've lost money together and we've always worked together no matter. And um, he said, go for it. He's like, I, I think it's a great opportunity. I think we should do this. My other investor was not so sure. And because here's why, when you build a company from the ground up, right? It, it's like a child, it's like your baby, you know? And, you know, you, you take consideration in the brand, you take consideration into the employees, you take the consideration into how it impacts your agents. And here we say our agent is our customer, right? That's one of the things that we mean it. Like we don't say no, we say, Here's another way to solve that. Or if it's something we don't provide, then we try to find a solution to provide it, right? And so it was our baby and we grew this thing up. And, and, and I'll tell you, we had a banner year last year. You know, we, we closed $228 million in volume and um, 607 units in our fourth year in business. Um, that doesn't suck, right? We were oh, doing a not even a little bit. Yeah, I mean, we were up uh, 35% year over year. The year prior to that, we were up 110% the year over year, the year prior to that. So we, we were having a great year, but the challenge that we we're facing ahead is this. It's a very simple challenge, and this is what I said to my partners. The growth of the company, the growth of the company, the vision of the company was from the beginning to build a company based around coaching, training, right, to help agents with a very structured training path that's included with the value proposition. So they don't have to go out and hire additional coaching, right? The challenge with this is scaling it consistently. And then what happens is, is you get your agents that come in and let's say they, they did, you know, 15 deals last year and you coach them up and they're doing 35, 40 deals this year because you've got good process and systems and you coach that into them. And, and then they say, what's next, right? What's next? Where do I go from here? What's the next challenge? Well, the biggest challenge that I see in the industry right now, hands down, hands down. And I think this is going to upset some people and, and it's okay if you don't agree, but this is what I see going on is no different than what we see happening in financial services 10 years ago, 15 years ago. What we see happening in the mortgage industry over the past five years is now catching up to real estate, which is 
real estate is becoming more of a transactional relationship than a one-on-one -on -one relationship. And I know that sucks to hear. And I know none of us want to hear that because I have clients that have bought five, six, seven houses from me over the years. Okay. But here's the truth. Things that are consumer driven, the market will go that way because the consumer wants it. If you look at Uber took over the black car limousine market. Okay. That's what they were targeting after. And prior to Uber, um, you had a driver. Right. You had a black car. You had the same driver every day. And it was relationship based on your driver and your limousine. Right. Today, you can't even order the same car. You can't even order the same driver. It's a transactional thing. Think about buying a car. 30 years ago, you went to John Smith dealership and you bought a car from John Smith because you trust him and he was in your neighborhood. And he's local. I like the guy I just bought my truck from. Like the kid a lot. Great. He'd be a great real estate agent, by the way. And I told him that like four times. I was like, you got to get into real estate. You'd be so good at this. Like him a lot. But when I go to buy my next car, I'm probably not going to call him. Okay. Consumers are now looking for solutions to get access to properties, make the transaction, be more responsible themselves. They want to take out more of the transaction themselves and have less involvement with the agent. Okay. And our egos, that sucks for our egos. It hurts me too, guys. It hurts me. But that's the way it's going. And what is causing that to happen is better technology, right? Technology is moving so fast. It's getting easier out there. And people say people aren't going to buy and sell houses via the internet. Um, who was available during the HUDs, right? Who, how many of us bought HUD homes and sold HUD homes without ever talking to a HUD representative? without ever even, you know, setting a showing, right? You just get your HUD key and you go in, you just go into the HUD, you write your offer, you submit it on Monday, they accepted it on Tuesday and you showed up at closing. Never spoke to another agent, did you? So we all say it's not going to happen, but it has already happened. And that technology now is there and it's getting better. And the consumers are driving that mission. So for me as a real estate company, what is two things that we have to do? As a real estate organization, Steps Real Estate, we are focused on our community. We donated over a ton and a half of food last year to food banks locally in our area. That's the way that we give back. We give back to food banks. We give back to homeless shelters. That's our passion. And um, we want to be hyper-focused on our communities. But at the same time, we have to understand that there's consumers that just want to buy a house, right? They don't want a relationship with us. They don't want to come to our birthday parties. They don't want us to come to their house and for their birthday party. You know what they want? They want to get in the house and they want to close on the house quickly with as little effort as possible. And frankly, with as little interaction as possible. And that's tech. So as a, to answer your question the long way, the hardest problem that you have as an independent is technology, is keeping up with technology. Because I said this to my investors. I said, look, we could spend another million dollars uh, invest it into technology. We could do this. But if we get it wrong, we're done. We're out of business. We're, we are the, the, we're the joke because we went the wrong way. And what EXP, what I saw that brought EXP is not just the technology, but the, 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 the level of agents that are joining the company are at the top of the game. Okay? It's not attracting 
Yes, they've got new producers. Yes, they've got middle producers. But you know what they also have? The top producers. <laughs> Not a top producer. The top producers are going over there. And what are the top producers going to demand? The same thing my top producers demand. I want the best technology. I want the best systems. I want the best processes. They're going to squeak. They're going to whine. And they're going to they're going to be there until they get those things, right? They're going to fight until they get those things. And that's, it's the combination of having the best people performing in the industry at the top of their game. And then the willingness of an organization to be flexible, nimble enough and willing to invest the money into making that happen. And I, I, I said to my partners, I said, um, and I'll, I'll finish this, but I think it's important. I joined Remax in 1994, okay? And at, in Colorado, Remax was the company in the 90s. If you weren't at Remax in Colorado, you weren't in real estate. It was, we used to make a joke. We say, we're not above the crowd, we are the crowd. Like all the top producers were at Remax in the 90s. And the challenge was with Remax is there was no opportunities there because I got in too late, right? I was 27 years old, 30 under 30, Realtor Magazine. I was in the Hall of Fame at 25, um, 24 in a month, but I didn't get the award till I turned 25 because whatever. Um, I was in the top of my game at Remax and I said to them, hey, I, I want to buy a Remax. And at the time, all the franchise territories were sold out, right? They said, we don't have any availability. My owner of the company said, I I'm not interested in investing you know, I'm not in, or I, I don't need your, you know, I don't need more partners, which is fine. So I got into Remax too late. I heard about Keller Williams in 97, but I didn't join because I had my Remax bubble on, right? And um, I joined, I joined Keller Williams in 2009, 2000, yeah, late 2009. And again, get into the organization. And by the time I'm in that organization, Keller Williams was dominating, absolutely dominating the real estate market in 2009 the the late 2000s through 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 the early 2000s or 2010s dominating they mastered gary keller was brilliant about taking advantage of this fluctuating market and positioning himself did an amazing job with that organization training his people to get into production through the recession to gain market share brilliant plan worked perfect here is the challenge for me i want opportunity i want to i want my agents to have opportunity right and the opportunities were limited because, again, all the franchise territories are sold out. There's limited exposure within those franchise territories. And, and so I felt like I was late to the game. So here's what I said to my investors. And this is true. I said, look, I believe in my heart. I'm 45 years old. This will be the greatest opportunity in our lifetimes to be a part of a, an amazing organization that grows. And we're so much in the infancy stage still. Like we are just right at the beginning of this and there's so much opportunity. We're gonna regret, we're gonna regret not being a part of this. Now, fortunately, my, one of my investors was part of a, another tech company 30 years ago and earned his stock and earned his shares over 30 years. And his wealth came from participating in a company that nobody heard of 30 years ago when it was just a small company. And today it's a massive company and he owns a, you know, a significant share of stock. So he understood that, he got it. Now I'll tell you, he didn't love it. 
He wasn't like, rah, rah, this is great. He's like skeptical, detail-oriented, and but willing to go along because he sees the opportunity that we see. You made a comment when we were in uh, Lakewood the other day about how you, you felt like you're telling the agents and the investor group, right, in steps that like you had this experience where you walked into a – uh, you know, it's like, hey guys, like we, I walked into Netflix and I feel like I owe it to you to tell we you about a, that. Yeah, we own a, it's like we own a blockbuster together and I just left the Netflix building. Um, I owe it to you guys to share that with you. Yeah, you know what is, uh, um, somebody else told me that. Um, another, um, one of my uh, top producing agents left my company for EXP in October. And and I'm a very transparent, honest person. So I don't get upset when people leave. Um, I have a conversation with them. I want to have better understanding from a customer service perspective. And, and we talked openly about EXP. And I talked openly about my concerns and, and, and the things that I saw that, you know, gave me question, you know, about it. And uh, so he and I had a conversation. And that's something he said to me. He said, if you owned a Blockbuster in 1997 and you just walked out of Netflix, what would you do? <laughs> I don't know where he heard it. I'm sure somebody else said it to him. Uh, but yeah, I said that to, I said that to my investors is I believe that traditional real estate brokerage, the way it's been done was great in the seventies and the eighties and the nineties and the two thousands. But let's be honest, real estate brokerage, the fundamental framework of real estate brokerage, it hasn't changed since the sixties. Right. You have a managing broker, you have agents and they're restricted regionally. They're restricted by the offering of that company um, and they don't have the ability for opportunity in ownership. Right. Like, so I'm going to work for you for 30 years. I have friends that have been at. I'll just remax. They've been there 35, 40 years. They don't own a penny of that company, right? They don't, they don't, they probably don't own stock. And I know they don't own any of the office for 30 years. Now we're real estate agents. We teach investment. We teach real estate investment to people every single day about investing in your house, buying a rental property, paying off your rental property. And then we're hypocrites to sit here and say, but you should pay me rent for, you should pay me for 20 years and I'm not going to give you thing, anything in return. I, it, that's just not acceptable in business today. So Sean, uh, when we had met about the middle of last year, uh, I met with you and you had known that we'd already moved over to EXP. And, and if I'm being honest, you told me more about the stock and, and how it works uh, at EXP because you'd been keeping your eye on it, as you said earlier. And uh, but but correct me if I'm wrong. But you weren't actively looking to align with another brokerage or, or to switch brokerages. In fact, you were in the middle of the thickness of figuring out the stock and the reverse merger uh, and all of that. Tell me what I was you. Doing, I was doing research, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> when we were when we were chatting, and I was telling you about my experience at EXP and sharing that, and then you really started looking at it. I know you had some concerns. And then you had to overcome those concerns. What were some of the concerns you had and, and how did you overcome it to see that this is really the right move for your company? That's a great question because I think this is important because even my agents, again, I'm extremely transparent. If you learn anything about me, 
I have a very low filter. That's probably what got me exited from my prior real estate company. Nah, <laughs> nah, we wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah, that was probably the reason. So, but here's my thing is I treat people like adults, right? And I'm going to communicate to you like you're an adult and I expect you to respond like an adult and we're going to have tough conversations. And so when an agent that set, raises their hand and they say, tell me about EXP, I don't pull any punches. Like my top producer that left last year, he left because I didn't have, I had an honest conversation with him about EXP and I'll tell you about the concerns I had and and at the end of it, he said, I'm okay with those concerns. I think I'm going to join. And I said, okay, like, that's it. Like, we're all adults. What's going to do? You know, chain you to the desk. Go ahead. Go check it out. So, so my concerns initially watching the penny stock. Now, I was watching the penny stock for over two years now. And I'm watching the growth. And, um, you know, and I understand, like, um, I understand that when it comes to stocks, there's a couple things that stocks are valued on. One is is revenue, um, and and if you think about top line revenue, and then one is profitability. And tech companies um, are more revenue driven. So people will talk about that stocks are overinflated and those kind of things. For a tech company, it's probably pretty close to being in line, and that's the difference between when you compare an EXP stock against a Remax or Coldwell Banker stock. Um, it's like, like I said, it's like comparing Tesla to General Motors. Tesla is a technology company. General Motors is an automobile manufacturer, right? It's, it's truly two different things that we're talking about. They're not the same business model, um, and that's that's the thing about EXP. So my concern with EXP was. I knew on their financial reporting that they're showing a loss. And my concern was, if you're giving away top line revenue, okay, if you're giving away top line revenue, and then you're giving away stock, and then what you can't see on somebody's financials is how much are they spending on the operational day-to-day -day business? So cash flow accounting, how, much ca how many dollars are coming in and how many dollars are going out, right? Because that's going to be, this is the metric that keeps a business open. <laughs> right. If this doesn't happen at some point, you know, yeah. it's what keeps a business open. So my concern was, are they losing cash year over year, month over month? But then as I started looking into it deeper and as I started understanding is that the stock that's vesting is reporting on their P&Ls as as a as a loss. And when you have the growth that you have. Okay, when you have exponential growth and you're you're doubling in size year over year, your stock will stabilize and or grow. Okay, probably not. You know, it doesn't have to go like this. It just doesn't need to do this, right? And as long as that occurs and the the market value of the company is far exceeding the loss, it'll st it'll stabilize over time. So a good example of that is Facebook, right? Facebook didn't make any money for, they didn't even have a revenue plan their first four years of business. Like they didn't even sell anything and they're just bleeding cash. They gained market share and then they monetize. Um, I don't see EXP doing that, but because of the, the technology side of things and the, the ability to scale into markets without um, spending money, like some of these other tech companies are spending money to get into markets where EXP is just entering markets. It's organic growth, not bought growth, which is a very different business model. Because let's face it, if, 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 if you started a hat company, a baseball hat company, and you had a billion dollars, 
you could go buy Super Bowl ads and you could do all kinds of things to, to put your hats everywhere to sell them. And that's fine. But as soon as you stop placing the ads, your sales will drop. Okay. That's not organic growth. But if you have the cool kids in high school and all the cool kids in high school start wearing these baseball hats and they start taking photos of themselves on Instagram. And then those kids go, well, I want to be like the cool kids. I'm going to wear these baseball hats and you don't spend a penny on marketing, that company is going to survive, okay? And that's what I saw with eXp is it's organic growth. It's not growing because they're spending money. It's not growing because just the downline, because if it was just the downline, trust me, companies do that all the time and they don't grow. You have to have the downline combined with actual service to sustain the people that you have and to sustain your growth. Yeah, so and I to sustain people like you guys. Right. I mean, you wouldn't stay there if it was affecting your real estate business. I know you guys. I know that wouldn't be the case. Absolutely. I think, too, one of the things that's so misunderstood and people don't even realize about EXP is, number one, it's a debt free company. There is no debt and it sustains solely on its cash flow operations. Yeah. Like I hear the things, too, like, hey, there's a loss. Yeah, there's a reported loss. And if you understand how uh, publicly traded company financials work, you would understand that at a deeper level. It's yeah. literally sustained by its operations, which is something that is so misunderstood because some of the leaders of other companies want to get that you know a message out that's actually not true. Um, yeah. Something that people just don't realize about the company. And but further to your point, yeah, if it even if it wasn't, it doesn't matter. Like because we're realtors number one. First and foremost, we got to sell houses. That's our core business. Steps core business is selling houses, training realtors, giving them the support that they need to be able to grow their business. No different than us. And luckily for us, EXP supports that in a major way. And so we're all able to do that here and be extremely happy doing it. On the side of the financials, our CFO recently said, and I'm paraphrasing and also um, uh, I'm not giving advice here or, or making any representations. But what was said is if you after you take away the depreciation and the paper loss of the stock that was awarded, we actually had $2.4 million in profit at the end of 2018. And we have $23 million as a cash balance. Kevin said we had no debt. We have no debt. For the record, those numbers are after the purchase of Show Me Now, the Show Me Now technology, as well as Verbella. That's after purchase, not prior, after. So people do not realize the financial wherewithal of this company is substantial. Well, and I think that's I think that's the trap out there, right? Because as last year when I met with you guys the first time and I said, and I, I, I came prepared for the meeting. I was like, here's the things I see. This is yeah, my financially. My, and I think I said this to you. If EXP survives financially, they will become the dominant real estate company. It's so, right? Sean. Let's speak to that. And then I think at some point that information that you just shared—I um, don't remember who brought it up to me or who explained it to me. Somebody took the time to kind of go through those numbers with me, and and that made sense to me because with the three-year vesting, right, with your stock. You have people that are vesting and let's start, let's be honest, like earlier in an organization, you give away more shares because you're trying to onboard people and your shares are worth this much, right? Well, the, the funny thing is, is when it vested, the shares were worth this much. <laughs> so, so it shows us a, it shows us a bigger loss. And, um, and people don't know this again, because they don't follow stocks, but 
you know, 20 years ago, a company didn't have to, if you want to, if you want to attract a CEO of an organization, you could say, Hey, I'm going to pay you 300 grand a year, but I'm going to give you $2 million in stock shares that will vest in three years. And they did not have to report that on their financials. So, but what happened was when the dot-com kind of settled out during the nineties, that came back to bite everybody because the investors were like, what? You gave away stock? This wasn't reported on our financials. We didn't know. So they changed the laws and now companies have to report stock, distributed stock as a loss, right? Which is yep. good. They should, right? That is what right, is, is leading to such a large downside right, in, in, on the financials on EXP. And then when somebody took the time, I didn't see the report, but somebody took the time to walk me through that. Um, I don't remember who it was. It was one of you guys or Dave, maybe um, that made a lot of sense to me. I was like, OK, and that made me feel comfortable to say that they're going to they're going to be here because if. OK, so even financially, the, the financials on, on Yahoo Finance says they lost 20 something million dollars last year. Right. But their market cap valuation is almost 800 million dollars. OK, you can lose a lot of 28 million dollars at a 800 million dollar valuation with no debt. I mean, right. I mean, Twitter has never made money ever, but their market cap is so high that they can still operate in business. And I don't think any of us think Twitter's going away. <laughs> right? Sean, along the lines of what you had said before, if, if this thing works, if EXP works, it's going to be the dominant brokerage. So after we talked around August of last year um, and you started thinking after months and months of more about EXP and doing your research. Did you start looking at, well, if I'm if I'm thinking of making this change for what's best for my company, did you also think, well, maybe I should, as long as I'm peering over the fence to look at EXP, did you ever think, well, maybe I'll look at what else is out there just to make sure I'm making the right decision? Yeah, I did. And uh, uh, it, it's, it's tough out there. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't shop around a lot. Um, we all have internal preferences on what type of companies we want to be involved with, okay? And so I, I can't tell you that I went out and I talked to a lot of companies. Um, I didn't. Um, that was one of the things that one of my investors was like, well, how many people did you, did you talk to? But I, I've, you know, I've been in real estate 24 years this year, 20, <laughs> 25 years this October. Oh, oh man. <laughs> getting old, man. Yeah, getting old. Um, so I didn't, I'll be honest, I didn't spend a lot of time, but I have a lot of friends that own brokerages. I have a lot of friends that own franchises. I have a lot of friends that own independents. And you can tell I'm a very collaborative person. So I will sit down and have lunch with anybody. So I, I will say I already had a predetermined filter on what I wanted if, if we were to do this. And one was national exposure, national technology. So that automatically eliminated some of the local players. There's some really good local players here in Colorado that are doing some amazing things. But in my opinion, it's not scalable nationally. And um, because it's so <coughs> hyper service based, it's so human based that financially, I don't know how you would get into another market. And the challenge I was having is I, I have people that want to open up steps in Florida. I have people that want to open up steps in, in Arizona. Um, I have people that might open steps in Southern California, right? I've, I've had, you know, people that have said, Hey, I want what you guys are doing, but I didn't have the ability to do that. Okay. So I did talk to one other company, um, just out of respect for him. He and I, we've known each other for a long time and we've been going back and forth. 
Um, I, I really try not to, to poke at him, but he, very large company, now the one of the top companies in the United States. And, you know, and the challenge that I had with them is it wasn't, we like what you created. We want to incorporate what you created. We want to bring your, your, your talents and the things that you spent the time doing into ours. It was, we've done it this way for 30 years. We are this person, wink, wink. And, and if we do what this person says, right, then, then, you know, then your business is going to be great. I'm an entrepreneur. That, that environment sounds so restrictive to me. And I feel like, I just feel irrelevant in it. Like, why do I I need you? So, so, so for me, what I really liked about one of, one of you guys said this is EXP is an entrepreneurial environment and they want you to bring in your talent. They want you to bring in your unique spin on things and they want you to teach classes and they want you and your agents to teach classes. And uh, my agents, I have to tell you, one of the most exciting things my agents are so freaking excited about is the ability to teach to an audience. They're so excited about this. Because <laughs> with us, you know, there's 70 of us, but let's face it, how many times do you want to talk to the same 12 people, <laughs> right, in a class? They're excited about that. So, um, so yeah, you know, we, we, we were made an offer from a larger company. It was, it was, it was a fair offer for where we are as far as the size of our company, but I just didn't see, I didn't see the opportunity to be me. Right. I didn't see, like all of a sudden it was like, Hey, great. You worked hard for five years. You've got, you know, I hear I'm a cowboy and I've got 70 cattle and they're looking at me going, yeah, we just want your cows. And I'm like, I'm trying to create opportunity for my people. I don't want, I don't want them to have little ear tags with a hundred dollar label on their ear. You know, I don't think that's fair. So then that leads me to the question because you had commented that there are some people saying that, uh, that steps real estate were bought or acquired. Um, Can you speak to that? How much I want to know, I need to know. How much did EXP pay your brokerage? And How big was that check, Sean? Ah, okay. Um, that's funny. I wish. Um, and, and what's really, I'll tell you, here's the funniest thing. This is the thing I probably, that frustrates me about the most about it is prior to going on the NASDAQ, EXP was offering shares when you joined Right. But when you go on the NASDAQ, you can't you can't necessarily do that anymore. Right. It's different, different set of rules. Oh, I'm so mad I missed that opportunity because I would have loved to get stock for joining Um, EXP. um, I am treated no different than any other agent within the company. I have the same opportunity that they do dollar for dollar, point by point. Um, There was no offering of money. There was no side deal done. I didn't get any stock for joining um, the organization. It truly came down to um, the, we saw the opportunity just like anybody else. Um, and, and here's the honest, this is the hardest part. And I'll just be totally transparent. I've kept a lot of notes on transitioning a brokerage, um, good and bad. Okay. Cause it's not, 
it, it, I'm telling you, it wasn't all roses. It's still not roses. Um, the EXP transition team has been amazing. What I didn't expect was how hard this was going to be on my agents. Um, my agents, I'm going to cry. They, they, they love what we created, right? And, and what we created is freaking awesome. Like, super collaborative, super good group of people where we know everybody's freaking name, right? Like, you don't walk in the office and don't know somebody. That drove me crazy in my prior franchises. I was the owner, and I'd walk into a team meeting. I didn't even know people, right? I know everybody, right? I know, I know what's going on in their lives. I know what's going on with their businesses, right? I know what their preferences are about how they want to lead generate or how they don't. I know where, you know, I, I, you know, we're deep, you know, we're highly connected. And this, this freaking hurdle, right? Some of them felt blindsided. Some of them felt like um, I sold out, right? And if I can convey anything, I did this, I did this to create more opportunity. And the hardest part is, in the transition, we're going to lose some people, right? Some people, they don't see what I see, you know, and they're maybe they're not opportunity type people. Maybe they're more people that are kind of more focused on, on uh, security and safety and the status quo. And uh, it's hard, man. That's hard, you know, but here's what I know in my heart. And I tell this to my wife every night, you know, because we go home and this has been hard, you know, because we have people that are, I've known for 20 years, you know, that say, Hey man, I get it. I know why you're doing it, but it might not be right for me. And I go home and I say, you know what? It's still the right decision, right? It's still the right thing for what we need to do to, to stay relevant as a company, to provide better tools for these agents that, because again, not everybody shares my belief that the real estate market is moving into a new phase. It is, massively changing the way real estate is done not everybody believes that and that's okay and i have to just stay focused on the ones that believe it right and i have to be a good leader keep my face in the wind lead the troops that want to follow me and 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 that believe and see what i see as far as the opportunity and the challenges that are coming up ahead and, and Sean, Sean, real quick, if, if we can interject, like as, I, as, as tough as I know it's been for you to have some people that have been a part of your world not see the same thing as you making this transition, it's been equally as exciting, I think, for you to see the phone calls you started to get from other people, not just in the local market, but also nationally, right? So it's kind of like you're in this emotional thing right now. You got yeah. some people that are like, I don't get why you're doing this, Sean. This just doesn't seem right. And then you've got these other people that aren't a part of steps that are going, Sean, why did you do this? And is there a play yeah. here? Is there an opportunity for us to partner together with steps? I could never do it with you before. And so it's this, like, it's just this interesting, like, like balance Honestly, of life, right? When I, when I think about this, this isn't much different than the, the transition that the three of us went through last yeah. June, right? Actually, very similar number of agents, very similar response. Some people were absolutely all about it. Some people were like, you know what? I don't want to go anywhere. I'm really comfortable at Keller Williams and I love it here. And while I appreciate what you guys have done for me, I don't want to go. And you know what? We got to a place, all three of us were like, you know what? It doesn't matter. We know that this is the best thing. And what I can tell you 10 months down the road, Sean, is we've never believed in that more than we do today. 
Like it has absolutely just gotten better each and every single day. And it's not to say it hasn't been hard. There's definitely been, there's, it's hard with the transition, especially in the first couple months. It's never easy. I don't care what kind of transition it is, but then things kind of get back to normal. Like, you know, you go from like storming to like kind of nor conforming and nor like it gets normal and then you get to see it take off and you really start to feel the advantages of being aligned with such a great company and so many other great people that you couldn't partner with previously in a different structure. Yeah. And so, man, I can totally feel where you're at because we were there at the same place. I remember thinking the same thing. There were some people I wanted to come with us who I absolutely wanted to be in business with and they just didn't see it. And that's okay. And you know what? Today, our business is better for it. We're better off for it. The people that came with us are better off for it. It doesn't mean the pain or the loss or the emotion of those people not coming with still doesn't bother us. But I got to say, man, to be able to have this conversation with you today helps a lot of that. Yeah. Right? We yeah, wouldn't be just, having this conversation with you if we hadn't taken that risk. Well, no, so you we, have to go through some could, of that. We couldn't do this together if we had stayed where we were. Yeah. Sean, yeah, you this, is, this is very raw for me right now. <laughs> It I'm is. You're in the thinking again. But I'm gonna I'm gonna point out something you said that I loved a couple months ago when you were first delivering the information to your leaders and partners. Is look, right now if we stay the same and don't do anything, three years from now, I think you're gonna find EXP to be a behemoth company that is doing amazing things. The technology and the training and the support, and you're gonna call me an a hole for not seeing this earlier in leading us down the right path for the future of this business. Or we could keep things the, um, or we could change things now and you can call me an a-hole for changing things, you know, down a different path than we thought we were going to do. Are you saying Sean's an a-hole either way, Aaron? Is that the message here? Is that what's going on? I'm basically calling you an a-hole, but it's a good thing because your boots on the ground first one on the ground to lead towards the path of, of success. And that's what a good leader does. You take risks. You're not going to make everybody happy. Um, but I can tell you the only regret I feel Kevin, Fred, and I have the same theory on this is our only regret is that we didn't do it sooner. So right now you are in the thick of it, my friend, but you're going to look up 10 months from now like we are right now saying, boy, am I glad I made that move. Yeah. And I want to just say one more time, like, honestly, and I think this, I don't think this message gets conveyed correctly. And I think if I'm talking, if anybody's listening that has a brokerage or a large team, um, I really, really did this not to build my downline. Like if you look at like my downline, um, I have very few people that are going to be in my first line because I stacked everybody based on referral, you know, within the organization. So, you know, people are coming in with their downline. And they say to me, they go, well, I know you brought that person in. Why are you putting them under this person? And this was some advice that I think you gave me, Aaron, which was it helps with retention. It helps with camaraderie and those kind of things. And I don't I really am not focused so much on my downline. Now, don't get me wrong. My investor and I, that's how we're intending to make our earn our money back is through our downline over over time, right? And, and and we're in for the long game. This isn't a get rich quick scheme. I've been in real estate 25 years. I'm not going anywhere, right? This is what I do. This is my identity. I can, you know, I'm not gonna become a golfer. So, um, so that is my long-term play, but it's a long-term play. Um, I really did this. We really made this move because I feel I owe it to my agents to provide them better services. I, I owe it to them to provide them opportunity 
Because if you don't give talented people opportunity, they're going to leave you. Okay. Um, I actually sent that email to Gary Keller one time. I said, <laughs> by the way, this is why people are leaving you. Because <laughs> without opportunity, talented people want opportunity. Hard workers want opportunity. Entrepreneurs want opportunity. And, you know, and, and, and that's no different for my agents. That's no different for the people that show up in here. I got agents in here right now working their butt off, making calls. And, you know, they're, they're collaborating with agents and helping out. And, and I went to that, I went to, to her to have opportunity for her. And when you're, when you're a small company, it gets really hard to add additional opportunity for people, right? I mean, the margins and brokerage are tight, you know? Yeah, okay, great. So you're an owner. Here's your share of our profits. Ink, clink. <laughs> anyway. So to close this out, I'm wondering if you could share a few things. Uh, what are you most excited about at eXp? Once you now that you've really looked at the system and the model and the tools, and and what's next for steps? Okay, I got to tell you, this is uh, that's funny you bring this up. Um, I Dave put me into the Honey Badger group um, last night, and I, I get up pretty early in the morning, so I was poking through there, and I'm just reading the posts and. I'm telling you, they're talking about stuff in there that I don't even understand what they're talking about. And, and I, I'm a good coach. I'm a good real estate coach. I, uh, I coach people that perform at a really high level. They're talking about technology. They're talking about Facebook techniques and squeeze pages and bots and, and um, um, AI and all this stuff in there. Just, casually talking about it like it's an everyday topic we had a good little mastermind going there's no doubt about it oh my gosh i was like i have such a great opportunity to learn and grow and that super excites me on a personal level i'm i am a nerd i love to learn i you know i i'm gonna eat this stuff up i'm so excited to learn that piece um and, uh, and that's my, I mean, honestly, that's, that's the most exciting thing. Um, and, and, and honestly, the ability to have one-on-one -on -one collaboration conversations with, you know, really high producers, you know, uh, Chad Madlam here in Colorado, I've known his name for, you know, seven years, you know, he's obviously, uh, I think he's right now the number one agent in the Denver market. And, um, he reaches out to me and says, Hey man, can't wait to, can't wait to get together. Let's grab a coffee. And we're meeting next, you know, a, a week from now after I get back from Florida on my vacation. Um, I have people all over the nation reaching out saying, hey, you know, um, congratulations on the move. Can't wait to, to meet you and get together with you that are performing at, you know, four, five, six times what my production has been in the past. And, and I was no chump. Right. So, <laughs> it's super exciting. It really the people of the organization, um, I mean, that's it. I want to go, you know what? Top producers, top performers. I don't care if you're in the NBA. I don't care if you're in the in NFL. I don't care if you're a real estate agent, accountant, attorney. Top producers want to hang with other top producers. Yep. Right. That's it. I want, I, I want to play with the big kids. So 
last year you had 228 million in volume, 607 units closed. I'd say you're a pretty big kid too. What could other people do to connect with you? Where's Steps going as a team within EXP Realty and how can they contact you? So what we do really well at Steps, and I think this is the thing that um, that really differentiates us, is we built a training program based on the Myers-Briggs. And the Myers-Briggs was developed you know, in the 1940s. There's 80 years of collaborations. There's psychology books and all of those kind of things based on that. I'm a Myers-Briggs certified practitioner. I've validated probably a thousand people's Myers-Briggs at this point and observe their behaviors. So we built training based on the personality profiles that we each have our, our own individual strengths because, you know, the disc profile is too limited, right? And we all know high D's that will make a cold call and they'll call if this bone expired. And we know high D's that will never in a million years make a cold call. And the difference is not dominant behavior. The difference is inside their mind in, inside their mind, the way they view the world, right? So in the Myers-Briggs, we'll actually explain how somebody sees the world. So we built training programs that, that are frankly built around somebody's personality profile that makes them feel like they're winning at who they are, right? Instead of, if you don't do it this way, you're a failure, right? If you don't make 100 contacts a week, you're a failure and you're going to fail in this business. I actually had somebody tell that to my wife at, at my prior company. They said, if you're not willing to do this, you should just get out of real estate. Are you kidding? She's a great agent. She's a way better agent than I ever was. Now, I did more transactions, but dude, trust me, she knows more than I do when it comes to real estate. So, so what, a, what a horrible way to, 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 to measure somebody. And she's at the time, she was a single mom with three kids. Is she really going to go sell 150 units a year with three children in elementary school at home? screw that. Like that is just wrong. That is abuse. That's not coaching, right? That is horrible to do to somebody. So we built a program around, around your personality profile. So you can win every day. Like you can go out and you can feel like you're accomplishing your tasks every day. And then we built training programs that's individually designed for each individual, individual agent. So everybody has different goals. So we don't rank agents against each other. Nowhere in my office is there a ranking board. Nowhere can you find somebody else's production. Because if, if you're a single mom with three kids and you got to be home at 2.30 in the afternoon and you're doing 25 deals a year, you're kicking ass, right? If you're, if you're 25 years old like me with no kids and you want to work 16 hours a day and, and get the number one award in the, in, in the state, then you can, you can go sell 145 homes a year, right? You can do that. And you know what? We don't rank you against the other one. We don't say you're right and they're wrong or, or, or any of that. So that's what Steps brings to the table. We have outstanding coaching training. We have amazing new agent training program. Kate Fay, who is my, um, who's been my vice president of sale of, of sales, and uh, she owns the, she owns the the Longmont franchise that folded into EXP. So she's kind of got her own mega team going over there in Longmont. Um, she helped me build this amazing new agent training program that gets agents into production quickly. And um, so that's what we do. And so our goal with Steps is to still keep our, um, our locations, still be location-based, but very collaborative, coming together for team meetings. We come together twice a week for prospecting. So we all come in a room together. And we make calls just sitting there staring at each other, making our calls. Because if you can get comfortable in a room with, five, 10 other people making expired calls, you can do it anywhere, right? 
True. Um, so that's that. That's what we do. That's what we bring to the table. And what we want to do is we want to continue to grow the Steps team, the Steps brand, um, with the XP. Okay, which is awesome that they allow us to do that um, into other markets. And now instead of having to go into a market and spend $150,000 setting up a brokerage, hiring people, furnishing it, doing all this craziness, I can literally open up an, uh, a Steps EXP in 30 days with the right people. That's the key is people. In all 50 states, in three different provinces in Canada, and so to be outside of North America, you yeah. can do that. And it's so very simple. Yeah. No so red tape. Reach out to me, hit me up on Facebook, and uh, yeah, we'll talk about it. Love, Love it. it. Well, what a great time spent with you today. And thanks for definitely opening up, being vulnerable. You know, not everything is always strawberries and sunshine, um, but that's entrepreneurship, man. That's leadership and that's taking chances, uh, especially if you want to win big in the industry that, as you said, is constantly changing and, and definitely being disrupted right now. Yeah. So I'm so excited to collaborate and be partners with you at uh, EXP Realty and big things to come, brother. Thanks, Aaron, man. I appreciate your tenacity. Um, I got to tell you guys, um, Aaron didn't sell me. Okay. He didn't sell me all because you don't have to sell somebody, right? You don't have to sell them. They're either going to get it or they're not. It's that it's really that simple. You just create the opportunity. You create the space. Either they step into the space or they say, no, thank you. And Aaron, you did such a great job just being there for me and answering questions. Um, you didn't judge me. You didn't tell me that, you know, you know, my model's stupid or my model's wrong and you don't get it. Um, you didn't oversell the whole downline. You just said, hey, look, uh, we sell real estate first, right? First and foremost, we sell real estate. That resonated with me, right? Because um, if you said, first and foremost, we build our downline, <laughs> well, it doesn't work for me. Yeah, We sell real estate. So I think you did an outstanding job, man. I just want people to know that that are listening. Um, because I know the question is going to come up is how do you get a top producer, right? Don't sell, just answer questions, be there for them, get their questions answered, question your reality. Right. And, um, and, and be open to their, those objections. Don't push back. Don't tell them they're wrong. Cause you never did that. You never said I was wrong. Even when my assumptions were off, you said, ah, I can see how you see it that way. Let me, let me look into that. So my pleasure. All right, fellas. Well, have an amazing day, Sean. Enjoy your vacation. Uh, turn your phone off a little bit while you're gone because uh, I think you see what's coming. So turn it off a little bit. I'll do enjoy, my best, man. <laughs> enjoy your amazing time, uh, time with your amazing wife, and uh, enjoy Florida. And I know we're going to talk again soon. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. See you. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in today and joining us. For more information regarding eXp Realty, would like to invite you to one of our Discover the Truth of eXp Realty webinars. You can find that information at kevinandfred.com slash truth. Again, that's kevinandfred.com slash truth. Thanks so much. Create yourself a great day.